0: Hello and welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 138 and today's episode, Managing Digital Devices, is a continuation of the conversation that I had with my daughter. There was so much that we talked about with Catherine and so many valuable insights for us as parents in terms of that perspective from a young person about how they use their digital devices, navigating balance, navigating the world of social media and how that makes them feel. I learned a huge amount in terms of the things that I did, did well and actually had an impact on Catherine's continued use as she's got older. But also interestingly some of the things that I thought that she would learn from as a as a younger child that she would implement as an adult that she hasn't. So some really great insights there and some really sort of helpful aspects. And remember, when we're talking about the context of managing digital devices, our children's brains do not fully mature until around 23, 24. And when we talk about fully maturing, we're talking about the prefrontal cortex, the bit at the front, the forehead bit, that is where all the logic and rationale and problem solving and decision making comes from. And so we need to remember that when we're listening and we're trying to make choices around managing digital devices in our own home, because our children are still, until they're really into their 20s, well into their mid-20s, not acting from a, from a place of doing the things that are in their own best interests. So the strategies and the tools we put in place, the conversations that we have are very much about sort of cluing us all in. So as ever, If you enjoy this episode, I would love it and be eternally grateful if you could follow, rate and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time, here's Catherine. Okay, next question. How do you use your device and your social platforms? Talk us through how you use them.
1: I'm just going to preface this. I am not an angel. I get told off by mum for my use on technology in terms of my screen time. So I don't want to sit here and say I'm like the gold standard because trust me, I'm the furthest thing from it. Uh, well, actually, why
0: don't you qualify? Why do you say what do you mean by getting told off? What do, what do you and I have conversations about?
1: The conversation that is normally around, which is I can hear, I'm smirking, which is if I'm sat watching television, it's nice to have it as background noise, and I do pay attention to it. I just like to be doing something else. I.e., I'll be sit watching, sat watching television, and I will be looking on the phone or the iPad or the laptop, and it just. It's hard to describe, and I think that is a symptom of like the ADHD and the autism is it's nice to have the background noise, you like, oh, you mum will come in, but like, are you even paying attention? It's like, yes, I could, I could, I'm I paying attention. And it's hard to describe the multiple screens. I am guilty of it. And when I'm doing university work, I have, the, I have the laptop in front of me that I'm working on. I have a monitor, which helps project more work. And then I normally have an iPad to the left of me, which is displaying some background noise, whether it's a television show or some music. Whenever I send it into the family WhatsApp chat, I normally get a screens there, Catherine. <laughs> yes.
0: What I will say is that so Catherine's multiple device uses is, is probably symptomatic of her neurodiversity, so part of her ADHD and her ASD, her autism spectrum disorder. What I would say though is that this is quite a common theme that I'm beginning to see. So if you're listening as a parent and your child or teen is doing this, that doesn't necessarily mean that your child is also neurodiverse. It may be an indicator that they may have tendencies,
1: but what I would say is that I, I'm seeing it very much as a trend. With my friends and stuff, is I think it's also just nice as like the background noise. As it is, A lot of my friends who aren't autistic and stuff, they do... Do the same stuff as, and I think it's just like the nice background noise and the comforting nature of it. I just, yeah, I can pay attention to all and take it Just saying that, yeah, because obviously I've seen this in the Ofcom um, report
0: back in March that they're seeing more and more of this. So I just didn't want anyone listening and thinking, "Oh my goodness me, I need to be worried about my child." But it may well be an indication, so it's it's worthwhile. So you're on multiple devices. How do you use your what your devices and your social platforms? Oh,
1: this is an interesting like Normally I keep. With my devices i'm very thankful i have a few so i keep them for very specific things for example my laptop is used pretty much exclusively for work like university work nothing else really goes on it the ipad is more of like just a screen to project stuff on but my phone has a lot of the social media platforms on it and i make a conscious effort that the phone is the only device i have with said social platforms i could download tiktok to the laptop or to the ipad but then i know that it would just it would spiral into me constantly checking it and I have in my phone, I have it in a. I have it on a separate page and it's removed, so it's a conscious effort that I have to go into rather than just a, you know, you get into what's at the doom scroll where you just sit there and you just scroll. <laughs> it's making steps to avoid that when I'm going on social media, okay, right, I'm going on to see the post that my friends sent me, I'll like it, have a funny reaction, and then I'll come off it and I'll do university work. It's yeah. realising that I go on it for a purpose, and this is something I've only learned in the last six months, is I'll go on it with a specific purpose. I'll go on it to see if there's any Formula One use. Okay, right, there's no use. Right, come off it, put it down, carry on. And how have you managed to get to that place?
0: Because what I would ask you, sorry, it's two questions, or a question almost in a, in a question. But what I know that I have seen mm. quite often is the notification pinging and then this need and drive. And I'm not saying specifically to you, but I think is one of the big concerns that I have for teens and children on devices is that everything notifies you of something and so that it's very easy a to interrupt what you're doing because the notification comes up and b to then become distracted from doing something possibly purposefully to then getting the notification and having this unwavering urge that you need to respond and so it's that how
1: have you managed that i'm still learning with that because i like to keep the screen clear no notifications i you've mentioned this messages to whatsapp i'm the first to reply within about 30 seconds because it's just nice for me to have that message like compartmentalized in my brain i'd be like right mum's message about what i want for dinner. okay right i can send that i'm done done i can focus on the next thing but i do get with the notifications one thing i am doing is my phone has a feature which is do not disturb which is i can put it on so it won't alert me the screen won't light up i'll get no notifications unless for specific people so i think family kick through and if anyone calls me more than twice, I think in one minute, someone, it will kick through me. So it's not like it, no one can reach me in the space of an emergency. But for me, that really helps because it'll allow, it allows me to put my phone down and realise, okay, if it is if it is an actual emergency, it will kick through. Anything else that comes through, it's not really an emergency. And it's listed on my friend's phones. When they pick up their phone, they'll see, okay, Catherine's in Do Not Disturb. And they'll get a notification to push it through. Yeah. Ebony a lot of I say a lot of my friends maybe one of them doesn't respect it because she thinks it's funny to push through but for me it's just nice to realize okay if I'm getting a notification I'll check it because it's probably from a family but right okay I can put it down I'll go back to work
0: how do you manage then those interruptions so just for those who've not listened to the neuro neurodiversity episode Catherine has a primary diagnosis of ASD um autism spectrum disorder and she's got a secondary uh, diagnosis of ADD, ADD ADHD mm-hmm. so we know that with that sort of neurodiversity and particularly with the ADHD there'll be difficulties around impulse control okay. so how do you manage that
1: I have to be careful to catch myself before I spiral I if I'm sat doing some university work if I'm really in the zone if I'm in the middle of an essay and I'm just really going the phone goes I'll see. okay right I can respond to that later but if i am in a place where the motivation's a bit low i'm not really doing much work because then if i'm sat there nothing's really coming to me and then i get up a notification i just need to make sure that i catch myself before i spiral and I end up an hour staring at my screen or staring at the laptop screen with my phone in front of me doing scrolling i need to be careful that i catch myself and i realize ah okay and then if i am in a space where I really can't focus. I will put my phone on my bed, which is a good couple of meters from me, so I can't just lean back and grab it. I have to make a conscious effort to stand up and walk over because at that point I then make myself feel guilty and I'm like, no, I should actually use us work. Well, let's go. So that suggests that when you're
0: actually doing your work, you are still, your phone is not separate to you when you sit down to do your work.
1: No, my phone is not typically separate from me. I know that probably in some ways you could look at it and say it causes its own issues, but sometimes. I kind of do need it next to me, or is it's a nice security thing knowing it is literally just an arm's reach away? But if I'm sat, and I'm like right now, I'll get this essay done today. It will normally just go on my bed and just sit behind me. No, yeah. I'm just
0: going to touch on <laughs> this
1: like annoying mum comment. Now you said that security. Why? What? Why do? You... <laughs> I, I knew you were going to pick this up. It's just I think. You sleep with your f Mum sleeps with her phone downstairs. It's a probably it's a very good habit to get into, but for me it's just knowing that it is just like an arms reach right way and I know that makes me sound like I'm but so what? What's the what's Because the, this I'm i I'm asking yeah. you this because
0: I know there are parents mm. that are really struggling to do this. So just reiterate what were the family rules when you were when you were not an adult and you were living at home, what well, were the rules?
1: Well well the first one, the big one which was it wasn't allowed to in my room during the sleep. It was downstairs, or it was in the kitchen, somewhere where you could see it, so you could check, I think, right, Catherine's got a phone, or even the iPad, back like, before I had a phone. Okay, right, the iPad's downstairs, right, Catherine, off to bed. And then that that rule changed mm. when? That rule changed when I was 18, turned 18, and it was a, you can do what you want. And so I then went, <laughs> finally, the phone come to bed with me. So it then did come to bed with me. Um, and I do keep it on my bedside because it is normally my alarm. And moms am like, just get in a normal alarm clock. <laughs> I'm like, I have a smartphone for a reason. Um, it can do it all. I just laugh because for those of
0: you who listen to me quite regularly, literally from the words of my baby, it has come out exactly what I say to you each and every time. When teens say to me, I use my digital my my
1: phone for my alarm. I say, get a get a normal clock. Anyway, sorry, Catherine. Anyway, to interrupt. Off you go. <laughs> so that was the big one. And then I do take my phone to bed with me. And then even I have to be careful to make sure that, you know, time doesn't just, like, roll away from me. As if I have dinner at half... As I finish dinner at half past seven, I'm upstairs at eight. I don't, you know, check the clock one minute. says half past eight. Wake up, you know, look up again, and it says 12 o'clock at night. I'm thinking, oh, I've got university in a good few hours. So where I'm going to keep pulling you back on this,
0: because I think... There will be so many parents listening to this who really want to understand this. Why does it fit? Why is there the security? Why does it need to be there? Because people will say it's not because I'm I'm going to be on it in the middle of the night. But
1: what what's the anxiety about not having it so close to you? I can't. This is a really bad thing. because It may sound like it? You just I can't describe it. It's not you know. If someone said leave your phone downstairs, but, I'm like, okay. but it's downstairs. I think it's also for me is you know, mum can attest this, normally when I get a message from my mum, or if I get a call from my I'm like, okay, what's happened? Like, is everyone okay? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Just to ask me, like, when are you coming home? So for me, it's having it close and the ability that if anything did happen, I can act immediately. I'm not sat here thinking, or oh, if see something happens at, you know, one o'clock in the morning and I wake up at eight and check my phone, it's not like, oh, something happened seven hours ago that I've not responded to. It is just a weird thing, I think, because I've grown up with it, and I've always had it near. Just, well you well, haven't oh, grown up it? with it because
0: you didn't have it till you were 18. I meant technology master. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm 20, I've had some form of technology since I was 10. It's knowing that some form of contact and some form is close to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting question,
0: which is why I'm asking. And sorry, Catherine, if it felt yes. like I was really probing. And actually just having that conversation, I would probably just put out there for maybe you to think to think about is whether i mean i'm guessing i'm 54 when i was younger we had a telephone a landline in the house which i guess people just generally don't tend to have as much so whether that feeds into it anyway yeah it's so for you it's a really so whilst the rule was there before you were an adult that the phone was downstairs you've elected as an adult to, do so, to, to have a different yeah. system.
1: I've elected and I go out trying to you know, pick up a new habit of making sure that my phone isn't actually sure on my bedside, it's on my desk, so I'm not checking it when I wake up. And if my alarm does go off, because obviously my alarm's on my phone, I have to actively get out of bed. I can't just like tap it and then just turn over and sit in bed. Okay. Let me ask you then about your device usage
0: because we've had some honest and frank conversations around this in terms of your de- your total device Sorry, time talk about um, that with with honesty, with honesty we say
1: this with love and with compassion you, um about a year i want to say a year ago because we were in iceland when the conversation came up my screen time the figures were double digits and not mm, like 12 hours and for me a lot of it will say because my phone uh, tracks the uh, the hours that it's on and how many notifications how many time you pick it up and a lot of it was on like music or YouTube. So whilst I wasn't in theory, I'm trying to explain to you, I wasn't sat there looking at something constantly being stimulated. I just have it on in the background because it's quite nice to listen to. But it did get quite high. And then nowadays I'm trying to be better at making sure like I put it down um, and make sure I think my screen time's down. It's still not great by any means of the imagination. I'm not sat here on like two hours of screen time. It is probably sat here on about seven or eight. Mm-hmm. But most of it is, again, I'm trying to make a conscious effort about scrolling. But if you put together the screen time of the laptop on the iPad, it will probably be a little bit higher. But the iPad is just, like, on just because I think mum can attest to this. I don't like... I'm happy in silence, but I like to have something with music or something on. But we've had some very frank discussions about my screen time, because your screen time, I think, is, like, three hours <laughs> on a bad day. <laughs> well, on my work phone.
0: And... Yeah. Um, and that's quite an interesting thing because i remember when that ha- that when we talked about that how surprised were you when you discovered oh, that I you were felt-
1: terrified it was a genuine like oh, you had no fuck. idea it was that bad which is why i do like you know, the i have an iphone so it it tracks up your screen time it it is a very handy feature and you can see what you spent your hours on um and it'll give you a total time for the week and it it's scary but i feel like it, sometimes you do need it to realize oh my word, I'm spending three hours, or I'm spending 10 hours a week scrolling on Instagram. I can really just reduce that time.
0: So you've used that feature now since you discovered it as actually a a helpful way of, of managing... Well, being yeah. being accountable for I'm your being, screen touch.
1: Every now and again, I check it. I don't make a compulsive need to check it and make myself feel bad. But if I'm thinking, oh, I've not really checked my phone today. Let, let me just see how long I've actually been on it. Or, you know what? I felt really bad that I've been on it loads. And all the devices have, have on the home screen the actual time spent. So I can check it throughout the day. And be like, okay, I've been up since 10. So if I lay it, oh, you know, it's, it's it's four. Now, have I been on it that much? Oh, crumbs, I have, right, okay turn it off, let's go do something else.
0: Yeah. We've talked a lot about sort of how you use your tech and the rules that were around when you were younger. How much have you taken, because you're 20 now, you're at university, you're a summer birthday, so you're in your final year of university, so you'll be 21 next summer. But what... Have you taken from your childhood around managing tech that you still
1: adhere with or stick with or find helpful? Yeah, there's certain rules that I think that we always had, which is dinner time is always not sacred, but you know, dinner time is dinner time. You're with the family, phone goes away, or if, or if you're with family or friends, the phone goes away. You politely excuse yourself, I'm oh, sorry, I just got a message. I just to check if everything's okay. And then you put it down. So if I'm having dinner by myself at university, then obviously the phone does come out and I do normally watch something. But if I'm with friends and even when I come home, for me, I do slot back into the somewhat older rules of, okay, right, phone goes down, I'm spending time with family, everything else can wait. Um, But no, the big rule about the phone staying downstairs, I have completely obliterated. I think a day after I turned, I think the day I turned 18, I was like, mum, this phone's coming right back upstairs. With me. You can't tell me if I'm an adult now. I think that was the first rule that was broken and stays somewhat broken.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I guess these things, you trial and error, certainly I know that your brother... Did exactly the same when he turned eighteen, but did go through a period of, of months where he actually said, "It's not I useful like for it's me."
1: Necessary. I think you did get a back from both of us about it, but I'm glad we did it. I mean, I still don't keep it up now, but it was a necessary thing. I think it was a good thing to actually do. Just I didn't quite appreciate it. Time. Okay,
0: I shall look forward to when you are a parent, how you navigate <laughs> that
1: one. We talk about that one a lot. So
0: as we sort of wrap up, and of course. I have no doubt, Catherine will have you back on because you're always so helpful to the parents that are listening now. Obviously, you've given us a perspective from a t- from the teen and a young adult's point of view. What three bits of advice would you give parents from that from you know
1: that perspective of the user? Mm. One, the first thing that I say, and I've said it to mum, I think, continuously growing up is it's a two way street. It's not just a case of the parents saying, or if, take the example of Instagram stuff. No, nope, not going to have it. And the child's like, oh, but it's, for me, it's learning that there's a two-way street of education. It's an education from a parent who's not really grown up with it. But, okay, teach me how it happens and then we can talk through some techniques. But also from the child as well, it's listening and realising, oh, okay, this is why it's happened. I might not understand it now and I might get angry. But it's the education of both of the parties, not just the parent saying no and giving no reason and not maybe learning about it.
0: And would you also go with that understanding and that education piece in terms of the parents understanding and educating themselves
1: on how their child uses it, which accounts they follow, and why, so think, what they're interested in? I think not in terms of like give me your phone, I'll look through everything, but it's a mutual, you know, sharing of it to make sure that you don't end up with not secret accounts, but you don't end up with a child that feels the need to hide things because I've seen it with my friends, is the parents are super super strict, they came out really harsh on them were constantly you know auditing their phones and so all they did was they were like well we'll just get another phone or i'll just get something else to hide it from them it's having that open conversation which you did which was always very thankful is look here's my instagram here's everyone that i follow here are my messages you know you can see all of them if you wanted to and you were like no, no no i trust you and it's just having that element of trust
0: so i love that one it's a two-way street in terms of the education top tip number one
1: number two who is as much as it pains me to this <laughs> I really don't want to admit this, because Mum knows how much I love to be wrong. I um, try to keep the habits going, I think, as much as I would, I would if I could go back to when I was 18, I wish I could, Mum could not hear this, um, I wish I could have the discipline to keep my phone downstairs, it's I'm never sh- too late, Catherine. Oh, okay. I'm trying to make sure I put it on my desk and keep it out of immediate reach, as in, if I'm laid in bed, I can't just go over and reach it and try to create new habits but in line with you. So for me, for example, you know, I like to have music on, and it's not realizing okay, right, don't have music on because that won't make me work. It's if you put music on cover the iPad when the music's playing, so you don't have the screen up. It's you know, playing to your strengths, but also making sure that you are creating new and healthy habits, I think.
0: Okay. brilliant. So that's top tip number two about creating these habits going, the good ones and creating new ones. Mm-hmm. Last
1: top. My third one is one that I I kind of I've said to you quite often. With just I say this to like every one of my friends is don't demonize it. Don't make it this horrible, especially like social media and tech. Don't make it this horrible. You know I've heard so many bad stories about it. And don't let like the five or the ten percent outweigh the ninety percent. And that's not to say that this it's always going to be perfect. Yeah. You always are going to have problems or issues that come about from social media inevitably. But I've made some very, very strong lifelong connections through social media. Again, being safe, making sure they're not just some random person. We've met, and I'm you know, i I'm forever grateful that I met them, but it's making sure that you don't think about the 5 or 10%, and you don't make that your entire judgement. You don't think, oh, there's people now you don't pretend that they're not, and they're all out to get you. Don't make that your entire view of it, which is why I think it goes back to the two-way street of it's a conversation between them. Yeah. I mean, you know, and particularly because mm-hmm. as a parent, you know, we
0: demonize sometimes what we don't know. Exactly. And, you know, the media is filled with horror stories about social platforms.
1: And I think you rarely see like the good side of social media on news platforms. You know, you know I've got friends, I made some lifelong connections. I went to Silverstone and met a load of them and it was amazing. But you will rarely see that on the news outlets. You'll see a lot of the horrible and the tragic. And let not say it never happens, but it's just. I think for me, if you demonise something so bad, the child will just get naturally curious and want to see.
0: Thank you, Catherine, for your top tips. And thank you for being so honest and for your time on the podcast. As I say, I'm sure that I will have you back. My give this week is going to be Catherine's top three tips and a list for you to refer to, but also a blank page for you to create your own family boundaries, rules, whatever you want to call it. I quite prefer the word boundaries. Around digital devices, so you can use it at your next family meeting. As usual, all you need to do is head over to my free resource library, drmaryhan.com forward slash library, where you'll find the link to download the resource. All you need to do is pop in your email address and you'll get instant access not only to this week's resource, but all the other free resources across all my other podcast episodes. As ever, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would be eternally grateful if you could rate follow and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time.